0: Hello and welcome to the QUB-GP Society podcast. This series is entitled Common Conditions in General Practice and is aimed at medical students. We will be discussing some of the most common conditions that you see in a primary care setting in terms of their pathology, presentation, diagnosis and management. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can see all of our latest episodes, and also check out our society on social media so that you can keep up to date with news and events but for now on to today's episode my name is emma warnock and i am the treasurer for the qub gp society thank you for joining our podcast today's topic is type 2 diabetes mellitus diabetes mellitus is a chronic condition characterised by abnormally raised levels of blood glucose or hyperglycemia, It is now estimated that 8% of the total NHS budget is spent on managing patients with diabetes and in Northern Ireland, more than 96,000 people are diagnosed with diabetes. 90% of patients have type 2 diabetes. It is for that reason we are going to focus on type 2 diabetes today. However, type 1 will be discussed in a future episode. In normal physiology, circulating blood glucose stimulates the GLUT2 receptors on beta islet cells in the pancreas, causing insulin release. This binds to insulin receptors throughout the body, causing upregulation of GLUT4 transporters, which increases glucose uptake by cells and has anabolic and lipogenic effects. Type 2 diabetes is characterised by insulin resistance, where the body does not respond to insulin as it should, causing hyperglycemia. It is associated with obesity, physical inactivity, raised blood pressure, dyslipidemia and a tendency to develop thrombosis and therefore is recognised to have an increased cardiovascular risk. Typically, the patient will present later in life, however more young people are now being diagnosed. Other risk factors include a family history of the condition and black or Asian family origin. Symptoms may include polyuria, polydipsia, fatigue, frequent infections, impaired wound healing and blurred vision. However, 6 in 10 people have no symptoms when they are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. If the patient is symptomatic, the diagnostic criteria is as follows. A fasting glucose greater than or equal to 7 millimoles per litre or a random glucose greater than or equal to 11.1 millimoles per litre or after a 75 gram oral glucose tolerance test. HbA1c is a measure of glycated haemoglobin and demonstrates glycemic control over weeks to months. An hba1c of greater than or equal to 6.5 percent or 48 millimoles per mole is diagnostic of diabetes conditions where hba1c may not be used for diagnosis are hemolytic anemia untreated iron deficiency anemia children hiv chronic kidney disease and in people taking medication that may cause hyperglycemia for example, corticosteroids. If the patient is asymptomatic, the same criteria applies, but must be demonstrated on two separate occasions. I will now talk about other useful definitions surrounding blood glucose measurement. Impaired glucose tolerance is characterised by a fasting plasma glucose less than 7 millimoles per litre, which is considered normal but an oral glucose tolerance test in which the 2R glucose is greater than 7.8 mmol per litre but less than 11.1 mmol per litre, which would suggest diabetes. Impaired fasting glucose is when fasting plasma glucose is greater than 6.1 mmol per litre but less than 7 mmol per litre. It is recommended that an oral glucose tolerance test is done to exclude diabetes. The management of type 2 diabetes can seem complicated, so we are going to talk through it step by step. It is important to set treatment goals alongside your patient and to monitor their HbA1c throughout. First line should be lifestyle modification, such as dietary advice and weight loss with a target HbA1c of 48. If this is not achieved, you can commence metformin It acts by increasing the sensitivity of peripheral tissues to insulin and inhibits gluconeogenesis in the liver. The recommended dose is 500mg 2-3 to times daily. Side effects may include GI disturbance and lactic acidosis. A second drug is only added if the HbA1c has risen to 58. This is likely due to the risk of hypoglycemia when adding other agents your second drug can be chosen from the following list first line is usually a sulfonylurea for example glycoside. this will block potassium channels on beta islet cell plasma membranes leading to insulin secretion side effects include gi upset weight gain and increased risk of hypoglycemia you could also consider gliptins, for example, citagliptin. These act on DPP4 enzymes and increase levels of GLP1 and GIP, leading to increased synthesis and release of insulin by pancreatic beta cells. Side effects may include GI disturbance, pancreatitis and hypoglycemia. Pioglitazone is also an option. This acts to reduce insulin resistance. Side effects may include anemia, liver dysfunction and weight gain. Furthermore, SGLT2 inhibitors, for example, empagliflozin, reduce renal tubule glucose absorption. If despite a second drug, the HbA1c rises to or remains above 58 mmol per mole, then triple therapy should be offered or insulin therapy should be considered. If triple therapy is not effective, not tolerated or contraindicated, then nice advice is that we consider combination therapy with metformin, a sulfonurea, and a glucagon like peptide 1 mimetic. If metformin is not tolerated or contraindicated, Alternative drugs should be chosen in the same pathway. The only difference is, if HbA1c remains above 58 despite two drugs, insulin should be considered next line instead of triple therapy. Self-monitoring of blood glucose levels is not recommended for adults with type 2 diabetes unless the person is taking insulin, There is evidence of hypoglycemia or the person is at risk of hypoglycemia whilst operating heavy machinery or driving. Or if the person is pregnant or planning to become pregnant. I will now talk through a few practical examples to explain the pathway. For example, you review an established type 2 diabetic on maximum dose metformin. Her HbA1c is 55. You do not add another drug as she has not reached the threshold of 58 for further drug treatment. Another example would be a type 2 diabetic found to have an HbA1c of 62 at an annual review. They are currently on maximum dose metformin. You should add a second drug treatment, for example, glycoside. We will now move on to discuss diabetic complications. One in three people will have diabetic complications by the time they are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. These can be categorised into microvascular and macrovascular complications. Microvascular complications include diabetic retinopathy for which the patient requires annual screening, diabetic nephropathy and peripheral neuropathy. Macrovascular complications include MI, stroke, peripheral arterial disease, and diabetic ulcers or amputation. As part of management, cardiovascular risk factor modification should be considered with respect to managing hypertension, offering an antiplatelet if the patient has existing cardiovascular disease, and offering a statin If their Q risk score of a cardiovascular event in the next 10 years is greater than 10% during long-term management of their condition it may be appropriate for a patient to visit their local GP practice nurse a specialist diabetic nurse or a podiatrist for education monitoring and treatment of their diabetes and its complications in summary Type 2 diabetes mellitus is a common condition characterized by hyperglycemia. It is usually, but not exclusively, seen in overweight, older individuals who may be asymptomatic. The diagnosis is confirmed using blood glucose and HbA1c measurements. If the patient is asymptomatic, two abnormal results are required. It can be managed conservatively with lifestyle advice, or, if required, with drugs such as metformin, glyclizide, citagliptin and pyoglidazone. Insulin therapy may also be offered in severe cases. It is associated with microvascular and macrovascular complications, which should be monitored and managed alongside a multidisciplinary team. We hope you have enjoyed today's podcast don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes if you have any ideas suggestions or feedback don't be afraid to get in touch with us via email at gp sock at qub.ac.uk or via our social media platforms thank you for listening and goodbye